Hi gang, we've got a bit of a trigger warning for you now. The upcoming chat does include mentions of suicidal thoughts. We wanted you to be aware of that and to be prepared for it. Remember though, if you're in the UK and you need to talk, the Samaritan's number is 116123. That's 116123. And that number is free from mobiles too. They're always there, day or night. Hello, I'm Emma Goswell and welcome to Effin Hormones, the podcast about perimenopause and beyond. I say beyond because what I've learned so far is that many women hit their 40s, sometimes earlier, and they experience a load of mad symptoms without knowing what's really happening. I'd never heard of perimenopause before I started experiencing it. Had you? And neither had my three mates, Bina Katani, Terry Sweeney and Helen Brown. So we decided to get together to talk about it and make it okay to talk about. This episode, you're also going to hear from Corrie, Casualty and Dinner Ladies legend Sue Devaney. Now, if you're a fan of Corrie, you'll know that she plays Debbie Webster. She's also really passionate about raising awareness of menopause. She's really come through it and has a wise and positive perspective for you. First, though, it's time to hear from the good old gang, Bina, Terry and Helen. How the devil are you? Hello. Hello. No awful symptoms today? Nothing to complain about? No, I've managed to not burn anything on the hob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just had a hot flush just as we were about to start recording, so they've all just listened to me blowing the fan over the microphone (laughs) in my face for the last 10 minutes, but anyway... My update is that after last week, spending far too much time on the phone, not getting through to my GP and my doctors and not even, I've given up trying to bother. So literally about two hours ago, I just Googled menopause doctors in my area and found a menopause clinic not too many millions of miles away. So I've decided Mm. I'm going to at least go for a consultation and see if I can get some alternative help. But the whole thing is, this is going to be totally unavailable to some people. It's 250 quid just for a consultation, just for talk mm, to her for an hour. That seems standard, yeah. And yeah. then if I have these, whatever they're called, plant-based thing, yeah. Or mm. you could change GP, Emma. Well, I have already. This is two GPs that have told me have the antidepressants and they're not, they're not working. Same time lucky. Yeah. No, the thing is, my GP is good. I, I've got no complaints about my GP. I mean, the trouble is we are trying to solve other problems in the middle of a pandemic. So I appreciate that they're busy, but they just haven't got the time to answer the phone. So mm. it's, it's difficult, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's frustrating. You have to keep it's us updated cool. on that, Ems. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. We'll be looking into the whole issue around bioidentical HRT or hormones. This is a massive thing. So, yeah, we'll definitely look into that further down the line, I reckon. They're made from yams. Oh, okay. I, had to, I had to, actually had to Google yam because I didn't know what yam Hang on. It's, we don't call them yams in this country, do we? No, what UK? do we call them? What? Yeah. I thought they were just called yams. Very popular in West Africa. Yeah. Very popular in Indian cuisine. Well, actually, no, that's not quite true. East African Indian cuisine. East, mm. Yes. yes. Mm. Yeah, well, you don't eat them. You just you put the patch on your bum instead. So if I, if I, you know, if we all just start <laughs> eating more, more yam... I think it's a bit more complicated than that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, quiz Sue Davini. I think she's going to talk about this a little bit later as Excellent. well, actually. But first of all, we are getting to hear about different aspects of peri and menopause as we work our way through the alphabet. It is episode three. So by pure deduction of mathematics and the way the alphabet works, today we're on the letter C. I feel like I'm doing an episode of Sesame Street here. <laughs> a, B, Well, you C. are a big bird, Emma, come on. Oh, oh. Slightly rude. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> uh, Bina, you've been looking into one of the C's and the A to Z of menopause. What have you got for us this week? Cortisol. It's a stress hormone. And as you may remember, I'm kind of trying to work out if I'm peri, but I also have polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm. And there are complications, or not complications, but there's dysregulation of cortisol, which can basically lead to weight gain around the tummy, insulin resistance. It can cause insomnia, low energy, low sex drive, low mood. So it's quite responsible. And basically you have two hormones going on. You have adrenaline and cortisol. And I'm still learning, but I think if you have a lack of estrogen or lower levels of estrogen, your cortisol levels go up and actually it's not very good for you. This is where the peri and polycystic, I think, are overlapping in me a little bit, which is why I'm struggling to work out what I am, is because cortisol levels are quite high. So are you going to take any cortisol? Can you do that? The idea is to decrease cortisol. Um, How to do that naturally then? So exercise, relaxation is a big tip. Basically meditation, yoga, trying to de-stress your life. So it is literally bringing your stress levels down. So it kind of starts to suppress or decrease the levels of cortisol but also I when I do get to the doctors and have my hormone levels checked it I would wonder if I am sort of lacking in estrogen a bit but also I mean you know you're lacking in estrogen increasing testosterone because I'm getting little hairs on my chinny chin chin oh so. welcome to your 40s way <laughs> <laughs> way Helen what's your C what have you brought to the table today so I'm going for collagen this has come about after just over a year of lots of Zoom calls, right? I mean, let's face it, you try and look at all the other people, but you can't not look at yourself, even though you feel like really narcissistic doing it. You just can't, right? It's and bad. just over the past couple of months, I've been looking at my face and I've been like, oh, well, there's a bit of paperiness going on that I haven't noticed before. And the other day I looked in the mirror and I was like, I have got, the beginnings of jowls and I was like right and if you so teenage me would have been very puritanical about all this oh I'm never gonna have anything like plastic surgery or anything like that I'm gonna grow gracefully but now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking oh uh uh what can I do so so my the only thing I've ever heard about collagen is like lip filler yeah stuff like that that's all I know of it and I just think of Pete Burns and think never, ever, ever would anyone want to do that. I just think of my sister who's a nurse and that when she worked in a private hospital and used to do things like that and it was really quite disgusting, some of the stories. Oh, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything like, no, but I would like to know more about collagen and if there are things that you can do because basically you start losing collagen when you hit your menopause. I know that, but I don't know too much else about it. So I'm just wondering if there are non-invasive things that you can do to stop the jowls. So what is collagen? What is collagen? Yeah, good question. It's a protein that um, is in... Do you know what? I don't know enough about this, really. I think I need to go off and do a bit of research. Well, do you know it. what? I know someone that may know a little bit more about it. She's called Sam. She's my mate. She's also known as the skin guru. And what she doesn't know about making your skin beautiful at whatever age you are, it's not worth knowing. Is that the Sam I met at a fancy dress party and I actually thought she looked like Sam Fox in real life? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise she was wearing a wig. <laughs> oh, God, fantastic. I feel slightly bad because I haven't called her in about a year. So now I'm just about to ring her. Just Are you so going to can... ring her? Yeah, shall I just oh, ring yeah. her? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Let's find out. And we'll talk um, collagen. Oh, my God, something really awful nearly just happened. What? 
I don't know why this person is still in my phone. Someone else that I went out with about three years ago, <gasps> who's also called Sam, is right next to her. Be and I just nearly pressed it. Oh. Let's not do that one. I don't want to do that. Oh, Emma, Emma, Emma call, call that one instead. Oh, that would no. be so much fun. <laughs> this is not that kind of podcast. No way. I Hilarious. Just, I, my heart just right. skipped a beat at the thought of it. Right, I'm calling her. Right, don't come out in another hot flush, okay? Just <laughs> breathe. Look carefully at which sum it is and dial the right one. <laughs> right, whack it up to the microphone so we can hear it. Can you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Hello, Emma Goswell. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sam Marshall. I'm so sorry to disturb you. Um, I hope you're not busy or anything. I'm actually sat in bed about to play some Scrabble. Thrilling. Is that lockdown got that bad for you? <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> anyway, I'm with my friend Helen and yeah. uh, Terry and Bina, and we're trying to do this um, podcast about the menopause, but we've got loads of questions, but not all the answers, basically. Okay. And on our C... Of, well, on our C of the A to Z of menopause, we're talking collagen. Now, okay, Bina well, and well, Terry and myself didn't really know what it was, but it does help you make yourself more beautiful. Obviously, it's good for you. It's... Well, actually, can you explain what it is? Collagen is what gives us our our kind of like spring in our skin and makes us look youthful. Yeah. So the younger you are, normally the more collagen you've got, in theory. And then why would you lose it during the menopause, though? Oh, so our estrogen receptors switch off going into perimenopause and then in menopause you literally like lose tons of collagen and so because estrogen receptors switch off we stop being able to make the collagen still mm. we don't we're not able to stimulate new collagen and elastin it's really depressing we use 30 percent of collagen in the first five years of menopause so i've lost all my i've lost my 30 percent you've, by the sounds you've of it. lost your 30 percent yeah. yeah i'm afraid you have but not all is not lost go on you can have get it back a little bit how would i do that then well more for helen because okay. she's getting really saggy jowls and she can't look at her <laughs> face the you can stimulate chondroitin using a few things so if you're talking home care products there's an ingredient called retinol which is vitamin a which stimulates collagen there's mm-hmm. also a peptide called matrixyl which stimulates collagen and then vitamin c kind of helps the collagen to grow so they're kind of like your, your three main ingredients for your skin so could you and just nip down to Holland and Barrett or other health food shop and get them there? No, 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 no. no. no, no. Because as with everything in skincare, not not all products are created equal. So usually you're looking for active skincare ranges. So ranges that are usually sold by a skin professional, maybe an aesthetic doctor, aesthetic nurse, something like that. So they're ones that are actually clinically proven to work. Supermarket ones might have the ingredient in, but they won't have enough of it in or the right type or mm. the right molecular weight to actually do the job. And then as treatments go, there's a treatment called microneedling. It's called microneedling, yeah? Microneedling, It sounds painful already, no? No, it's a tiny bit scratchy. It's a pen with like a sterile disposable head on the top with typically about nine needles. And then what happens is that pen, the needles go in and out of your skin really quickly like a tattoo gun. And what happens is when you create a wound in your skin your body produces collagen to knit itself back together that's what happens when we have a wound and your Mm. brain doesn't care if that wound is a tiny tiny pinprick or you've cut yourself with a knife it's the same thing it's still a wound and then your your skin will stimulate new collagen called collagen induction 
So it is just being spiked all over. If you fell on the hedgehog, would it create the same effect? <laughs> they be a little bit bigger and they go a little bit deeper, so they take a bit longer to heal. But yeah, once you've once you've had microneedling done, the results carry on working up to two years. Right. It's phenomenal, mm. phenomenal. It's it's one of the oldest, most clinically proven forms of collagen induction that you can get. It's been around for years, years and years, and it and it absolutely works. It's fantastic. Who knew you had to be such a scientist to be a beauty technician? It's really in-depth, isn't it? I could bore you to death with skin knowledge. It's like my favourite thing to talk about. Girls, have you got any other questions? How affordable are the sort of treatments? There's a massive range because you get people that unfortunately do a one-day course don't really get the histology of the skin and they'll probably do it for about 60 quid. I charge 97 and then doctors will charge about three, 400 so it ranges it really ranges but it depends on on your level of learning like i've done a level four qualification in it so i I know it to quite a deep level Uh, excuse the pun um (laughs) but then also it's the the pen that you use like you can get a pen for 50 quid mine was one and a half grand so wow it really really does depend what equipment you're using that goes with quite a few skin skin treatments and skin products yeah but it lasts for quite a while you were saying didn't you yeah, I mean, typically I do I do a course of three, either t- depending on where I'm going to the depth in the skin, either two, or four or six weeks apart. Um, so that's what you get the best results with. But once you've done it, you've done it. You know, that's you for a good year, two years. So it's, it's a phenomenal treatment. It's great for acne scarring as well, microneedling. Excellent. Right, I think we'll leave it there, will we, Very girls? interesting. Should we do yeah, a little yeah. clap? Well yeah. done. Yeah, well done. Thank, Thank you, you, Sam. Thank you very much. Skin guru. If you're loving effing hormones, please rate, review and subscribe. Cheers. That was so interesting. Yeah, really interesting. I didn't realise that you do actually lose, you are actually yeah. losing collagen. So now that now that I know a bit more about it, I'm not so judgy. <laughs> and and I, I do actually, I just wondered whether we should just start stabbing you in the face. <laughs> that cheaper version. Save, save, that for when you, save that for when you get really annoyed with me. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll do it for 50 quid, Helen, with a blunt biro. Cheapest chips. <laughs> nice. I don't know, were you, like, were you like this when you were a teenager? Because it was all plastic surgery. All this stuff didn't exist when we were younger. And it was like, oh, I never have plastic surgery. But this isn't plastic surgery, though, No, it's not. It's not, I know. But I did just look at my face and I thought, oh, I can deal with lines, but jowls, I mean, come on. Mm. What do you mean by jowls? Just like your like, jaw getting... Like saggy bits around oh, saggy your jaw. Bits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lift your chin up. No, the other one. The dumb. Awful, isn't she? Honestly, Terry, what are you like? No, honestly, for years I've looked at my face and I've like pushed it up in the mirror and I go to my girlfriend and go, do they actually have a facelift? She's like, no, you shouldn't. This is a ridiculous idea. I was like, yeah, but look, if I push my cheeks up this way, it looks much better. (laughs) You can't walk around like that, Emma. You look a bit Just scary, get a, babe. Get a, more power, get a more powerful fan, Emma. It'll do the trick. Just get a lights and a powerful fan. You haven't heard what my C is yet. No, we need to know your C, Terry. Well, C for change. Do you remember the old expression your grandma used to use or, your, or the old mm. old people? Did they say, oh, they're having change of life? I never knew what that meant. But, yeah, change of life was when someone was having a hot flush or anything. But anyway, I just thought yes this is something that does affect me and has been affecting me because change of life is the time when you 
you stop having your periods but it's not just about periods it's about coming to the end of a period in your youth where you could have kids where you're used to that regular monthly feeling of being a woman and having periods and pain and all that it's just part of being a woman it's part of what makes you who you are there's a bit of you that you kind of think oh that's gone my life is changing and I'm starting Mm. to feel that change of life it's not all negative I mean there's a lot of changes that have come with it it's made me sort of take a beat and just look at me and look at how I look after my body, how I look after my mind. And I'll be honest, I've never been into anything. Talking about my mental health, talking about feelings of anxiety or palpitations or feeling physically crap was not something that was in my vocabulary because I just didn't do it. You, just, you know, I'm a northern working class girl. We just don't, we, we didn't discuss these kind of issues. So I suppose this is an opportunity that I've got now with my friends to talk about it. I'm doing yoga, which is like, I used to, before lockdown, I'd be like, oh God, there she is with a yoga mat, you know, <laughs> toddling tod- tod- off to yoga camp. And that's really bad, isn't it? I'm such a bitch. But, and now it's like, I can't get through a day without doing yoga with Adrian on, on yeah. YouTube, you know. So yeah, it happens. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it just the mindfulness, I used to, again, it was like, oh God, happy crap, you know, but mindfulness and actually taking time to just look after my mental health it's so like someone said to me at the beginning of lockdown that you have to exercise your mental health the same way you exercise your body you have to mm-hmm. exercise your, your, your mental health and I just didn't get it but I do now and I think that perimenopause for me has made me sort of start taking a look at all those things and it, it does make me feel a bit sad. I mean, I, I don't have kids. I chose not to have kids, but there's a bit of me that's like, oh, well, I can't now. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it, it's, I don't, I'm sure there's lots of other women who are gay or straight who have, who've chosen not to have children that when you come to this point, it starts making you think, shit, did I make the right decision? And, you know, it's like a biggie, isn't it? It's, but when you can't, it's a whole other ball game. And I, yeah. I often think as well about when I started my perimenopause, I was 45 and I was definitely going through midlife crisis as well and having a sort of relationship that was breaking down. So I, the fact that you're going through midlife crisis as well and it's all around the same sort of time, it's, it, it all sort of colludes together, doesn't it, I think? That sort of, mm. at that sort of age, late 40s, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think as well, you know, there's a lot of my friends sort of in their 40s now, in their early 50s, who have children but also have ageing parents and it's sort of like the time where you're kind of most kind of at battle with your own body trying to figure out what's going on but you've still got all these outside kind of factors you've got you you've got your children you've got your parents or whatever and then the career and the work and all that kind of stuff added up so yeah it's a big time of change isn't it I I really feel like I've I've just feel like I've become an adult I know I'm 45 but I feel like it's taken me till now to mm. to be, to grow up because I just suddenly have had to it's like oh wow I've got to I have to take notice and I have to look after my mental health and I have to look after my spirituality and all that so yeah it's, are you eating more vegetables Terry or are you still predominantly know, beige I, food <laughs> I know because I know you take the piss out of me I am a child when it goes. is Terry a beige I'm, food eater I'm yeah beige food <laughs> But but no, you'll be pleased to hear I eat more vegetables, I eat more fruit, I'm drinking more water. Right, 
it is now time for you to meet the amazing Sue Devaney. Now, we know you love her as Liz Harker, the paramedic from Casualty, Jane from Dinner Ladies, and at the moment, of course, Debbie Webster in Coronation Street. Back in the day, you might even remember her as Rita in Johnny Briggs 2. And Ooh. welcome to Yay. Evan Holman, Sue. Oh. Oh. oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh. And thank you for that wonderful intro, Emma. Brilliant. Oh. Well, look at you, star of stage and screen. How often do you get requests to just talk about the menopause? (laughs) (laughs) When I was invited to talk about the menopause, I jumped at the chance because it's one of those things that it's it's become my life since the, you know, my late 40s, really, right up until now. It's kind of, it took over, really. And did you know what was happening? Because we were talking about at the beginning about how we were all sort of caught a bit unawares by it, really. We all sort of happened earlier than we thought. We didn't really know what the perimenopause was. Were you a bit the same? I was. And I think it's one of those things, not that I've ever had children, but, you know, in this, when you hear women say, oh, I'm going to do it all naturally, I'm just going to, you know, and then by the time they've come in to have a baby, they go, oh, no, no, give me everything, everything. And I that think is that so was, true. Yeah. And I think that was very much, I just thought, all right, my periods will stop. I'll grow old gracefully. Oh, little did I know. Little did I know. So now I just think, give me everything. HRT, you name it. <laughs> Testosterone implants, I've had the lot. Uh, so what was the worst bit for you then? What sort of symptoms were you getting? Anxiety, really bad panic disorder. Yeah. And I've always struggled with anxiety you know, from a very early age. But I think with perimenopause came, I think any issue that you've not dealt with over the years attacks you. You know, Mm. anything that you've not resolved, it comes at you. Anything that you had a problem with, it, it just came at me like it was a tsunami. And and I just thought, how do I cope with all this? And it got to the point when I was just... I, it was like a car crash. You know, I just had to stop everything and start again. You feel like you don't know yourself, don't you? I think that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. Because I hadn't experienced that really badly previously. And it was like, this is not me. Why is this happening? I'm not used to these feelings. Well, it's like I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know everything that I thought I knew about myself it kind of, you know, like when you're a teenager and you throw yourself on bed because, uh, you know, somebody looked at you funny and you go, oh, it's all too much for me. I can't cope, you know, because your hormones are flying yeah. there and everywhere. Yeah. I was like that. In, you know, late 40s, it was like, oh, I've, got, I've got a bag full of washing and I don't know what to do with it. But it was really, really bad, you know, and, and it was like I couldn't stop crying. I'd, I couldn't sleep. I was anxious about every little thing. And I thought, who am I? Who am I? And we still managing to work then? Because that's difficult if you're, you know, on set and you've got, you know, busy commitments. I had to stop working. I had to, I had to take mm. some time out because I'm freelance. And, and it was like I, I couldn't go for auditions because I lost all confidence, you know. And, mm. I, and I just thought, I don't want, I don't want anybody looking at me. It was that bad. I thought I just, and, and I got a job because I've been doing theatre for about five years and I was touring. And I think that's a thing as well with, with my profession. Nobody understands 
what you have to go through at the best of times. So mm. the fact that, you know, I couldn't say to anybody, look, I think I'm going through the menopause here and it's really bad. I just thought I can't, I can't talk to anybody about it. And I got a, a television job and uh, I had to pull out of it because I just couldn't function. I hadn't slept for about, oh, I'd say about five weeks. I hadn't had any proper sleep and I was oh just at the end of my tether. Mm. Can't imagine it, can you? Yeah. Did you feel like you couldn't say to them, I'm suffering because of this and come back to me when when I'm better? Did you not feel like the industries could have coped with that, really? I don't know if the industry could have coped with it or whether we're just not equipped to deal with it. And I think as a freelancer, it's like, you you know, you can't say, well, I'm really good for that job, but at the minute I'm going through the menopause, so can you just wait? And, <laughs> you know, could you just hang fire with filming? Because you just, you know, you're not well enough, you're not well enough and you can't do it. But with our profession, I just think it was really difficult because it's not like mm. I was in the same job for like 15 years. It was like, if I'm not well enough, I can't do a job because, you know, there's always somebody at the back of me going, I'll do it. I'll do that. Of course. <laughs> and the thing about the bloody menopause, it goes on forever. I mean, I'm like, what, five years in? So, yeah. you know, you can't just say it will be better next week. It can go on for a long time, can't it? Well, that's it. And I think perimenopause is worse than the actual menopause. The build-up when your estrogen drops, your progesterone drops and your testosterone drops, it's like, okay, well, I am in a state of angst and, you know, when am I going to get through the other side? But I think once you do, things start lifting a little bit. But I just think you ne- I needed that time. I needed that time because I, all my confidence had gone. You know, mm. every, I mean, I remember signing on and saying to uh, Bernie, as his name is, in the job seekers <laughs> place, Bernie said to me, he said, so how long have you been an actor? I said, since I was 14. He said, um, and what are you going to do now? I said, I don't know. I said, but how did you get your job, Bernie? How do you tippy-tap-tap on that there computer? Because I wanted it. <laughs> I thought that's, that's what I need to do because I don't, I don't want a job where I put myself out there anymore. But then if I'd have got a job anywhere with the menopause, I don't think I could have done it. How did you get over that five weeks then? You said you spent five weeks just not sleeping and just being in a complete pit of despair by the sounds of it. How did you get over that? Every time I went to bed, I closed my eyes and the anxiety was through the roof and I was wet through. So I was, you know, lying in bed, wet through, knowing that I needed to sleep and couldn't sleep. And I went to see three therapists psychiatrist and the psychiatrist put me on uh, sleeping tablets anti-anxiety drugs none of it worked none of it touched the sides and that's when I just collapsed I thought well you know it's, it's like the, the worst torture ever if you're not sleeping yeah and uh, and that's when you know I spoke to my agent my agent was brilliant and he said stop everything and just have a rest just rest and that's what I did I took all the pressure off myself I got put on the right amount of hormones I was put on HRT and I just changed my diet changed my life really and also I've taken the pressure off myself now it was that thing that I felt I was in a state of trying to go above and beyond 
And now I just do what I can do. Was it your GP that put you on the HRT then today? No, sort my you GP out. Uh, had no idea about HRT. I said, I cannot continue like this. I was suicidal. And, and that was to do with my hormones. And I said, um, I, I, I think I need to be on HRT. And she, she was a young doctor. And she said, what would you like to be on? And I, I rang my friend and I said, what's, what's your mum on? What, what HRT is your mum on? He told me what his mother was on. And I said, I, I think I, I need to be on this one. So she put me on that. And um, I got a terrible rash all over my body. And I went back and she said, oh, I can't put you on anything else, but you're obviously allergic to it. And I went, put me on <laughs> something else. <laughs> and, and I researched it myself. I, I researched the, the, the best HRT to go on and I tried numerous ones and now I'm on one that's suitable for me. I really wanted to go on bioidentical hormones, but where I live, they don't do them on the NHS. So I had to go on another kind and um, that's worked for me, you know, but it's, it's been a long road. Does it make you angry that you've kind of had to go off and do your research yourself and that medical professionals who are supposed to be there to help you have not seem to have known what they were doing in your case necessarily? GPs, I think they do very little training on the menopause. So they know very little about it. Now, I have seen specialists over the last few years as well, hormone specialists, which have been amazing. So I've had to do it all myself. Now, my thing is I saved the money and I put it all into finding out what worked for me. But I just think, you know, if you've got the money to go and do that and research it, that's brilliant. But if you haven't, and I certainly, when I had to stop working and stuff, I certainly didn't have a lot of money to do that with, but I just spent it all on trying to find out what would be right for me. So I think a lot of people that are, where do they go? What do they do if you haven't got like a bank full of money? Well, this is what I was saying at the beginning, actually, because I'm actually getting so disheartened that I've contacted a private practitioner today and it's £250 just for a consultation. I've known people that have been so desperate, so desperate that I would have given, you know, everything to try and get to the bottom of what I was going through. But when you hear people like charging that kind of money just to talk about something that 50% of the population go through, you think, well, Somebody's making a hell of a lot of money mm. out of people that are really struggling. You know, when people laugh and say, oh, she's having a hot flush. She's... Actually, it's a very, very serious subject. Mm. And I think that, you know, when I talk to people about it, you know, the seriousness hits me really because I think actually we have to talk about it and we have to talk about it more and more. Otherwise, we just disappear, you know? What do you think uh, about the fact that women previously haven't talked about it? Well, I remember all my old dears at um, Sharford Chapel and I said, why, do you, why did you never talk about it? I mean, they were in the 70s, 80s, you know? And they um, said, so we never did. We never did. And um, Enid, she said to me, um, my mother were carted off. I didn't see her for two years. Nobody talked about it. And I don't know why. Even my mother... 
you know, I remember my mum in a late 40s saying, I don't know if I want to be with your father anymore. I don't want to, uh, I don't, you know, and, and really strange behaviour. And I thought, oh, what's that about? But nobody put it down to menopause. Nobody talked about, you know, actually how old are you? Nobody's asked me how old are you because I think it might be your menopause. And I suppose you didn't talk about it because you were embarrassed. When I was growing up, I think, you know, I've always had anxiety. There was a time when I thought, I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore because so many people struggle with it. So many people suffered with it and I'm not going to be ashamed. And it's when I kind of opened up about it that I thought it's not a monster anymore because I've I've yeah. kind of like crushed it. Yeah. Now, I think as well with the menopause, you know, everybody says to me, oh, you're going through menopause. You haven't talked about that today. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. All the time, you know, and it's things like it's nothing to be ashamed about. And this is what I'm I'm learning now, you know, and things that have happened that I thought, oh, my gosh, what is that? What is that? And I, and I, I didn't you see a, a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. So if your mind is do lally tap because of your hormones, <laughs> there is no way that you are going to fix it. Yeah. You need yeah. help from an outsider. And to get the help, you need awareness, don't you? To get the help, you need awareness. And, you you know, and it's like you say, I wish that I didn't have to do all that research myself. I wish that I, I would have known beforehand what road to go down. So what was, what was the turning point for you, Sue? The turning point was everything stops. Everything stops now. I was, I kept going and going and going and going with the fact that I hadn't slept. I was trying to work. And I just thought, okay, what happens if I just stop everything and I start from where I am? So I start from this anxiety. How do I get that under control? And I think I stopped work for about five months. And um, I went to stay at my friend's gorgeous place by the sea in Wales. I did yoga, did meditation, had to change my diet completely, and just had to sit with myself and spend time with myself. And I've had to address things like I was a people pleaser all the time. I'd say yes to things because I'm freelance. And it was like, oh, they want me. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. So I was like doing everything and anything for everybody else. But I didn't sit with myself. And I think that's what going through the menopause has taught me to say, to know my limits, I can't do what I used to do because that landed me in a really bad mess. So, you know, I have to slow things right down. I have to pick the jobs carefully that I do. I have to go to bed earlier. And I think it was because I was to the point of suicidal, I had to come back from that. And I never want to go to that place again. So I look after, you know, my hormones and everything else that I need to look after now. What would you say to, to another woman who might feel the same way, who's got, who might be listening and has got to that point? That you're not on your own. 
there are people, there are women that have gone before you that can talk to you about it and, and chat about it. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And you've, if you feel that you're losing your mind, it's fine because you might lose it, but you'll get it back. And I feel that I'm through the other side now. And it's like, I know who I am now. I know who my friends are. I know that I'm loved no matter what. And the things that were important to me, like I think in life to be a success is just to live your true authentic self, whatever that that is. And, you know, some days I'm a bit of a mess and that's that's fine too. You know? yeah. <laughs> You're a beautiful mess, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we're human, aren't we? And it's, it's that thing of I, I'm not being ashamed of who I am anymore. I'm just mm. not, you know, and, and I think that people that are going through it, we can get help. There is help out there. It's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Brilliant. Amazing. I'm absolutely. so... Yes! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what a story. And I'm so thrilled, and I think everyone is, by the applause there that you've come through it and you've dealt with it and you're just living your best life now by the sounds of it. You're just, yeah. you're, ha- you're in a happier place, aren't you? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, today I know who I am. I want to wear mad clothes and mad colours. I've always been that before my perimenopause. And and I do think it, it's that thing of now I live for me. I'm not living with what everybody else thinks of me. And that's been a slow, slow realization it's that realization that you've got less time than you've had time so I can't waste any more of it you know and actually having that time out for me was the best thing I ever did the best Mm. thing and I didn't have I didn't have much money I was signing on and just realizing and finding out what's important Sounds a lot like what Terry was talking about earlier, actually, in terms yeah. of the, the change that we've all gone through. Yeah, and yeah. It really, you reassess your life, don't you, Terry? Yeah, yeah, the whole change of life and change of, yeah, who you are and the youth sort of passing and everything, yeah. But in terms of, you, you, you're now acting, obviously you had, had your break. How do you feel back in a, in a major role again and getting back to your acting? Have you, have you got a whole new lease of life? Yeah, I have. I have, and... Um, And I find now that it's not, I always used to put so much pressure on myself and I don't now, I just enjoy it. A friend of mine said to me, you're like a bird that's scared of flying and a fish that's scared of swimming. You know, you you were born to do what Mm. you do because I love entertaining, I love singing, I, I love acting, I love pretending to be somebody else. And I just had to get out of my own way. My menopause was in my way. So I had to like go, right, let's sit through this, then go on, something else now to deal with in life. <laughs> but coming out the other side, I think, oh my gosh, I've, I've wasted that time. You know, I've, 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 I've sat down for so long and had all that anxiety. I'm just going to live my life to full now. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. A long way you be Debbie Webster and, and, and entertaining us on our little screens. Oh, I tell you what's great though as well. It's like, my friends say to me, why can't you look like Debbie Webster? Why can't you dress up like a witch? 
earrings and eyelashes and all that. So it's like I go to work to dress up now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, Debbie Webster, she'll keep me young with all that makeup on. <laughs> oh, Sue, that's fabulous. Well, before you go, Sue, have you got time for a peri-peri grilling? We ask all our guests the same questions. Now, first of all, it's time to play Perry Trumps. Now, this is very like Top Trumps, um, but with perimenopause <laughs> symptoms. Uh, we're keeping tabs on who's got the highest score. I think it's Helen at the moment. Uh, for all right. Sadly, sadly yeah. yes. Now, I have to say the scores bear no relation whatsoever to scientific or medical truth. These are scores that Helen invented based on what um, are the most <laughs> common. To make me win. Most... Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. win, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't um, want to win this game, but anyway. No, you really you don't want to win this game, especially when you're talking about stuff like um, brain fog, hair loss, disrupted sleep, disease. Oh, we've matters. not had vaginal dryness today, have we? No, we haven't, what? actually. Well, we have now. We have now. <laughs> <laughs> she has to mention it every episode. Oh, sorry. Uh, nobody talks about that, did they? They do on effing hormones. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a look through the, um, the Trump scoreboard there. What are some of the most unusual ones you've got on there, do you think, Sue? So? Oh, I've got most of them, actually. Yeah, I've had um, muscle tension, definitely. Mm -hmm. Digestive problems, actually. My diet had to change completely because um, dairy was a no-no. Hair loss, but it grows in other places. Oh, gosh, (laughs) yes. Yes, we've discussed that earlier. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) grows in your ears and uh, up your nostrils, yeah. And your little uh, Frida Kahlo cash, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Itchy skin, no, I never knew that, did you? But, yeah, that's what I get I itchy thought. skin. Yeah. yeah, itchy skin. And your skin, it's like, I often think of it as, um, you know, the witch in Wizard of Oz, I'm melting, I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that were like my skin. I thought I didn't recognise myself. When, I, when you have a shower, you just don't look down, do you? Because it's like... <laughs> like, you know, chicken off the bone it's like that just like oh crepey crepey skin yeah that's what I was talking about right at the start yeah, yeah. the old skin. collagen business oh yeah collagen goes yeah body odour now that changes yeah oh that changes old lady smell I call me <laughs> old lady smell. anxiety that went through the roof do we have your score then on Perry Trumps? So, did you add them all up? 125. Oh wow. my God. <laughs> oh, it's Are a you clear kidding winner. Me? Yeah, we have a new winner. We have a new yeah. leader. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need to get a scoreboard. Apart from burning mouth syndrome, I didn't have that. Yeah. And I didn't have electric shocks. God. I'll keep scores on the doors. If you could, but Sue's yeah. definitely the winner. Clear yeah. winner. Clear winner. <laughs> Smashed it. <laughs> hey, seriously. I had it bad then. I had yeah. it bad. It's a great accolade though, isn't it? Winning at menopause. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But isn't it, do you think, you know what, because I've had friends as well that in the 60s saying, um, oh, I didn't feel a thing, me. I just sailed through it. And that, to me, I think, oh my gosh, that must be amazing to do that that must be absolutely incredible but isn't it funny how some women really really struggle and others just don't feel it yeah it is bizarre isn't it and is it different in different cultures someone told me Japanese women don't suffer as much because they have a lot of soya in their diets and I don't know how true that is Mm. yeah 
Anyway, is everyone ready for the effins? Okay, so right, this is where you get to say thank you to those people who have supported you through this terrible time. You can give them one of our very exclusive effin awards. Forget your BAFTAs, forget the Oscars, forget all of that. What you want in life is to be getting an effin instead. Um, <laughs> so the rules for this are very simple. You nominate your Perry or Menno hero. So it could be anybody. It could be a mate that's really been there for you during your difficult times. Or maybe it's someone who's really been going through it themselves and you want to give them a bit of a boost. Or maybe it's someone in the public eye and you want to say well done for them raising awareness or whatever they've done. So who is your effing award going to, Sue, and why? Right. Well, I would like to thank my agent because he was brilliant and he stood by me and you know because a lot of agents if you are struggling they'll say well you know we we don't want to represent you anymore and I think Ollie Thompson was absolutely brilliant with me and he said just take as much time off as you need and can't wait to work with you uh, when you've come out the other end and also I had such good mates I had my mate Nick that was living with me at the time did all my washing and sorted me out all the house out because I couldn't do anything my mate Joe had to do all my emails because I couldn't do that my friend Julie came and sat with me every Saturday and we did crosswords and watched movies and um, my other friend Julie was uh, wonderful and she did all my phone calls for me because I couldn't make a phone call yeah I had some beautiful beautiful friends around it was a bit like a BAFTA speech, that, wasn't it? It was a lot of thanked, and including yeah. an actor's agent. That's a first. And I'd, like, yeah, my, I'd like to thank my agent, Bernie, <laughs> from uh, Rosendale Job Centre, for not giving me a job to be tapping on the computer. Um, hey! <laughs> No, that's just so so lovely to hear that you just had that network of supportive friends around you and, and other women supporting you as well. It's just brilliant to hear. But yeah. also what's really nice to hear is the number of fellas. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were terrific. Absolutely terrific. And you know, they've been friends in my life for years. They just said, Yeah, we'll do that, no problem. You know, making me laugh as well. Making me laugh. Mm. And your final question on the Perry Perry grilling is um, we'd like you to add a song to our effing hormone Spotify playlist. A song that you would maybe inspire you to get through the menopause. When I was Perry, I kept playing I Am Changing from... Uh, it's Dream Girls. Dream Girls, that's it, yeah. And it's like, that's what I think of myself. I think, well, you know, don't judge me. God ain't finished with me yet. I'm changing. <laughs> I am changing. <laughs> Is that where she outshone Beyonce as well? That's that the film. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the one. The one. <laughs> yeah. um, can I just say... I was really quite moved by your interview there because anxiety has been a problem for me. And and like you, there was a point where I just decided I'm not going to try and hide it. I'm a freelancer as well. Yeah. And you do just find yourself hiding it and pretending you're okay. And there did come a point a few years ago where I just went, I'm not going to anymore. I'm going to talk about it. And actually what I found quite astonishing when I did start to sort of be a bit, bit more open about it was how many people in the industry I work in were like, yeah, me too. That's how I feel. So, yeah, I think that 
for a long time, I just put anxiety down to just the way I was. But mm. over the last few months, I've realized that actually it's probably perimenopause that's yeah. contributed to it quite a lot because it's sort of gone up and down, but but it sort of consistently started creeping up. Mm. And um, yeah, the sleep thing was, I've, but yeah, like, I mean, Terry, you remember, I, I just couldn't sleep for months, mm. months. And I was, I literally went crazy because I wasn't sleeping. Thank you, because... Yeah. Um, even though I'm quite happy to talk about stuff, it's still, it's quite heartening is probably not the right word, but you sort of feel better. It makes you feel a bit better hearing other people's stories. So Yeah, yeah. oh, thank you. But I totally get it as well. And that's why when Helen said, you know, do you, do you want to share? Your, I said, yeah, and there is hope because I've come out the other side and I'm back working, I'm back doing what I love doing. And through that time of every day waking up and having that low level of panic disorder because that's what it was it was every day was that and also I had the washing machine brain because my my hormones it were like I was stuck in a loop and I was going round and round and round and round and round and um the other day I was on set and I had loads to learn and and I remember my, my little heart racing and I just felt like a, a little bit of a panic coming over me. And I went, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, can I, I'm just having a little bit of a, a, a panic attack here. Can I, can I just have a moment? And everybody went, yeah, sure, no problem. Loads of the guys, you know, the, the camera guys said, I have that, don't worry about it. We, we, you know, I've, oh, and the sound, you know, boom operator. Wow. Oh, I know where you're coming from. I get that. So it's amazing, isn't it? And I think mm. we live in a world now where everything is, I don't think we were made to go at this fast pace, do you? Mm. I think no. sometimes, you know, like I loved it when I was younger and we had a Sunday off and now we're all, <laughs> nothing we're open, were it? We, we were isn't it still like that in Rosendale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cheeky, okay. <laughs> but, but, but we had a day of rest. Mm. where we thought right you have a day of rest you do your shopping on a Saturday then you have a rest on a Sunday because now it's open now it's like 24 7 get anything go mm. anywhere do anything I don't think as human beings you know it's like we said we're human beings not human doings aren't we we just be can we not just be especially this you know like when you're 50 odd you think oh, I just want to be now can I just you know what it's like I remember um I lived with an old actress called Patricia Hayes and uh, and her landlady once shouted upstairs to her, what are you doing? What are you doing up there? She said, I'm just living. That's what I'm doing. I'm just living. <laughs> and that's what I think to myself, what are you doing? Well, I'm just living. I'm just living. Oh, this is brilliant. I, could talk, I feel like we could talk, talk to you philosophy, philosophy all night with you, Sue. Thank you so much, Sue. This has just been, been really oh, interesting. Sue, yeah. so you're absolutely awesome. And thank, thank you so much for speaking up and oh, just talking about it and making it okay to talk about it. Yay! And making it all fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that's the end of Effing Hormones for this episode. Next time, you're going to be hearing from two women who want to give you the lowdown on Perry and Menno when it comes to different brands and information. 
They've set up a website called Gen M. Sam Simister and Heather Jackson are the women behind it, and you'll be hearing their story. Thanks again for listening, and you can get in touch at the Effin Hormones website, effinhormones.com. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, then please do rate, review and subscribe. And then hopefully more people will find us. Thanks. 